Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are back with part two of our two-part series with Mark Attard from Exclusive Business Sales, all about buying and selling accounting practices. Now, if you haven't listened to part one of this two-part series, then make sure you go back to the episode prior to this, where we look at filtering prospects, we looked at due diligence, we look at the classic mistakes that sellers make in selling their accounting practice. We talk about the benefits of using a broker and we talk about what makes selling or buying accounting practices a little bit different from many other types of businesses. But here in this part two of the series, We will be talking about current market conditions before and during COVID. We'll talk about valuation aspects in relation to business clients versus individual returns and the quality of the accounting clients in your book. We'll talk about committing to the process and we provide some final tips and takeaways. So buckle in, here we go with part two of our two-part series all about buying and selling accounting practices. So maybe let's switch topics a little bit and let's look at what current market conditions are looking like at the moment. So um, what's it looking like out there? Where's the, and we've said, you know, just generally there's more buyer interest than there are sellers, but how has COVID impacted all of this? What have you seen as a result of COVID? Look, uh, during COVID, uh, just generally on, on business sales, it was very quiet for the first few months of COVID, but the activity level in the last month has just um, gone through the roof. Mm, so we're seeing got, exactly so, the same. It's just, uh, it's going mental, I've, isn't it? I've seen it in property and I've seen it with business sales, the amount of inquiries. It's almost like everyone's coming out of hibernation and thought, no, you know, we've got to get on with life and uh, we want to be doing stuff and reaching our goals. So it's really nice actually to see uh, things change so quickly and for mm. the positive. Yeah. Yep. Optimism come back. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does that mean? You know, so so we've got a lot more activity coming on and have you got much inquiry for accounting practices as part of that activity that's coming on? I have to be honest, we haven't uh, we haven't had any um, sellers come to us for accounting practice. And in fact, um, that's happened a lot uh, across a whole range of industries where people have, I think people think that because of COVID, it's not a good time to sell. Yes, but I, yes. I don't think I don't think it's a bad time to sell. Like I, I think there are buyers out there wanting to do stuff. Yeah, I, I think the fear for sellers right now is that they're going to be if they put their business out to market that they're just going to get cut price offers. You know that they're not going to be able to realise the full value of the practice that they should. But do you know what? We've got lots of buyers going on, you know, interest from buyers in for accounting practices that are just, you know, they're not out there trying to assuming they're going to be able to get something at some 
discounted price. They're just ready to grow. They think this is a great way to do it and they're ready to pay the right price. So, you know, my comment is don't be scared about selling because you think you're going to be beat down on price because of COVID-related issues. Yeah, it's, it's, the reverse. We're, we're, not, we're not seeing that, Joanne. Yeah. Um, it's people are, are willing to pay a fair price for the risk they take. And generally the market is at the moment, from what I'm seeing, we, we break up our uh, an accounting practices book into business type clients and I return clients. Mm-hmm. And obviously the business clients are more valuable than the um, individual clients. So, you know, generally 50 to 60 cents we, we put on, uh, on the I return type clients mm-hmm. and uh, a business client between a dollar and a dollar 20. Mm-hmm. Would be uh, would be a good range. So depending on your mix between uh, business clients, and when I say business clients, you group them. So you know if you've got a group, uh, you know a, co- a group of companies and the directors, you group it together, and it's it's classed as a business client or mm-hmm. business group. Whereas your I return is your typical, you know, client that walks in with a, a shoebox. You charge them two hundred and fifty dollars. Say that's that's your I return and obviously that's less valuable to a client and look I've, I've had some clients that have said look I'll buy you I'll buy the business clients off and g- generally it doesn't work it's 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 pretty messy for a seller to split up to a sell the business yeah. and the I returns to someone else yeah so, yes yeah. I, I can see we've got some buyers who don't want the <laughs> only want the business not the I returns but it's hard right I think I think you have to buy it lock stock and barrel and then over time, increase the business, you know, the reliance on the um, on the business clients and, and reduce your reliance on the I-return clients by, uh, you know, adjusting fees. Because yep. you, you do see a lot of firms where I-return clients are not giving enough return to cover their costs mm. Mm. because there's a lot of competition in that space as well where you've got, you know, people. I don't know if people are charging as little as $80 of I-return anymore, but um, certainly in the old days it was. Uh, but it's it's difficult to make money on um, on those sort of clients unless you're running it from a, a home office or mm. something similar. And just looking at this, you know, this breakdown in the difference between the um, in the way of pricing, uh, and uh, you know what we were talking before about differences um, in the accounting industry versus other industries in sales and acquisitions. One is certainly the pricing on on top line here as we're talking about uh, rather than a reference to the profit. But there is a point in the size of a practice when we move into more conventional pricing um, based on the EBITDA. So what what do you have to say about that, Mark? Where do you see that sort of coming, that line? Yeah. So look, um, on a sale of a practice up to about $800 to a million, typically the the top line pricing, a dollar for a fee of income, uh, generally works, but above that, um, generally you 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 move to more traditional ways of valuing a business, and that's back to a multiple. Uh, mm. and, and generally, you know, we see most businesses. You know, you would look at a, a multiple of a maximum of three times, and it's probably no different to an accounting firm. Three time multiple of profits after an owner's wage. So, say you've got a, a practice with one point two million in. Um, in fees and owner's salary is two hundred thousand. So net of the owner's salary, it's it's earning say three hundred thousand. Well, three hundred thousand at a multiple of three times, the firm's worth around the nine hundred mark. 
And what are things that impact what multiple might be applied to the practice? Like, for example, I'm an accounting practice owner. I'm looking at selling the next three to five years. What can I do? I'm over the one mil mark. What can I do to increase the likelihood that I'm going to have the highest multiple possible? That, that highest multiple, Joanna, would, would apply where you've got the optimum level of risk and reward. But I guess yeah. where, where where is it that your buyers, what kind of practice will your buyers pay the most for? What are they going to Oh, okay. Mm. So typically a good spread of clients. Mm-hmm. And, a good and what do you mean by that, a good spread? So you don't want to have... Have one client that represents 30% of your income. Yeah, right. Particularly if the client's a good friend of the accountant. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's going to be really hard to step in the shoes of the outgoing accountant in that case. Mm. So, you know, typically if, you know, uh, you know, if one client represents, you know, five or so percent, that's a, that's a good sign. But, you know, if you've got a client that represents 20 or 30% of the fee book, it, uh, it does make it difficult. And it's more likely that, um, your retention's being held is going to be a lot higher. Yeah. that That's one situation, but also the age of the clients as well. So if you've got, you know, an accountant that's, you know, well into his 70s and most of his clients are, you know, are starting to get into their 60s and, you know, retirement years, obviously they're not going to be wanting to do much going forward or they're, they're going to do less than they did when they are in their 30s and 40s. Mm, mm. So, you know, it's a less active database. Mm-hmm. to generate income from. But, you know, in saying that, you know, a lot of these older clients would probably introduce their kids that are more likely to be doing stuff and generating, you know, income, mm-hmm. doing property developments, buying businesses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of sort of assessing where the majority of that client base sits. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. So, um, Mark, one thing I have heard um, in the industry is that accountants sometimes can be one of the more difficult industries in terms of sellers to deal with. And you don't have to say yes or no here, but you know, you don't have to agree or not. But can you just let me know if if that was the case, what are the things that sellers should be aware of that they could possibly be doing in this market that trip them up? Like what are things that you've seen accounting practice sellers do that have really caused them problems and maybe turned them into what can be difficult clients to deal with? Part of the problem there, Joanna, is the the relationship the uh, the selling accountant has with his clients. It's a, it's a good thing, but at the same time, you know, breaking that bond that's been there for 30 years, it's it's a difficult ask. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not all about the dollars. It's a lot of the soft issues. It's being, you know, having someone look after the staff. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a lot of these, the times these staff that are working in accounting practices have been there 10 to 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, for an incoming accountant to say, look, uh, I'm going to buy your firm, but I'm going to outsource all, all the back office to India or yeah. somewhere like that. I think you'll find that there'd be a number of accountants, a percentage of accountants that would say, I don't think I like where this is heading. Yeah. You know, let's find another buyer. And there is always another buyer around. So, you know, I don't think it's it's an issue of, you know, cutting out too many options there. But, and I guess it's not, you know, uh, I don't think there's issues caused by the fact that um, a seller doesn't necessarily want something, you know, it has um, 
wants to make sure that their staff are looked after and their clients are cared for into the future. What I think creates the problems is when accountants don't realise what a high priority this is from the beginning, right? And they start down the process and it only becomes apparent to them later on and causes deals to fall over because they've not been clear with themselves in the beginning. Like, do you think the that's most, ultimately yeah. the issue? Look, uh, one of the most difficult deals I had was um, where a principal came to me and he wasn't well. Mm. And I think that happens quite often with accounting firms. And, you know, you're leaving it so late that it's difficult to have an orderly transition to a new owner. Right. Yeah. So you're never going to get full price in that. That's probably the worst scenario mm. where someone's ill or, you know, or a worse situation than that when, when they mm. pass. Mm. And, you know, you're leaving it to the partner Mm. to look after, you know, a transition of clients to a new owner. Yep. It's it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. And so, I've been involved, I've been, I have been involved with one. And, you know, had he started a couple of years earlier, it could have happened with a lot less fuss. Mm, a lot quicker. Quicker, easier, more value. More value, yeah. All those things, yeah. So the, the message here is um, start early, start thinking about it early. I think um, get educated about the process. Don't feel like you're meant to understand the process from beginning to end just because as an accountant you've worked on parts of these transactions. You know, there's so many elements that you don't fully appreciate until you're actually in it. <laughs> yeah. I think be honest with yourself from the beginning about what the your values are Um in in that sale in terms of your clients and your staff as well you know and, and you'll know when you're ready you need to you need to be convinced that you are ready though um mm. you can't go into this process and have have doubts like yep. you need to know your times you're ready to sell and commit commit to the process commit to the process that's a really good point mark i love it i love it i love it well i, I always tell people you know all the issues that are coming up now are going to be as uh, as tedious in 10 years' time as they are now, or if yep. not, more tedious. So, you know, those issues aren't going to go away. You know, selling a business is probably one of the more difficult processes most people mm. have to go through. Mm. And uh, most people come to us as sellers have not sold a business before, so they don't mm. realise how much, how involved it does get and mm. how much ne the negotiation of the price is only one small aspect. The rest of the negotiation will come later. Mm. And, uh, you know, people need to be prepared with, for that so yeah that's such a good point because quite often they think it's the price and ultimately it's everything yeah. else right? yeah well like when we take a deposit off someone for a business i say great we're 10 percent of the way there yeah they yeah, don't yeah. believe it that they think you know it's like selling a house i've got a deposit down it's going to happen yeah not yeah. the case it's you know lots of things happen between between taking a deposit and taking a business off the market, basically when you take a deposit on a business, you're taking it off the market to allow someone to to do some due diligence, work out whether it's for them or not. And um, I, I would say, generally speaking, you know, once you've taken a deposit, you're twenty percent of the way there. Mm. You've got a long way to go to get it across the line. So, yeah. and that's that comes back to having a broker that can you know negotiate between parties, 
Yep. You know, and, and take the emotion out of the deal. Yep. Take the emotion out of the deal and and have your deal team in place who are used to moving these deals along. So I, I can't stress enough, a deal team that you trust, you know, you really need a broker and a lawyer who you trust, understands your practice, you know, understands the industry, understands how to find the right match for you um, and understands how to make the process, how to move the process along so that, you know, conservative nature of the industry doesn't have the effect of calling, causing stalls <laughs> in the sale, right? So true. So true. I Look, uh, uh, another challenge with selling accounting practices is everyone's got their own relationship with the a local uh, solicitor. But, you know, the question needs to be asked how often that solicitor is handling a business sale. Yeah, and, and, you know, the, and an accounting it, practice sale. And yeah. accounting practice sale. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm. But, you know, if you, if you haven't done it before or done it once before, mm. uh, it's going to be a hard process to go mm. through the mm. legals. Yeah. So, you know, I'd recommend someone someone that's selling an accounting firm goes to someone like Aspect Legal to handle the sale process for them. It'll Mark, just- you're amazing. I promise I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> Oh goodness me! I don't. Really, I don't want to listen to this podcast afterwards. So whatever you put in there, it's fine. So. Uh, Mark, look, this has just been absolutely fabulous. I knew I was going to love having this chat. Oh, thank um, you, it, It's an industry that I'm really passionate about because we've dealt with lots of, um, you know, accounting practice acquisitions and sales, and I can just. You know, I I can see, I love to see it when it works well, and it pains me greatly when I see mistakes that are made that could have been avoided from the beginning um, if only, you know, the practice owners had had, you you know, a a bit of an understanding of the process more um, than perhaps they'd had sitting in the advisor seat and having the right people on board to help them. So, Mark, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming today to talk about all of these issues. Um, and I just I want to say before we leave off, is was there anything else that we left unsaid? Was there anything else that, you know, you, you thought we should mention to um, our accounting practice owners who I'm sure um, are listening in here and wanting to know what it is that they should be aware of when they're preparing for sale? Look, Joanne, I'd like to put a, uh, a invitation out. If someone wants to contact me, uh, they can contact me at uh, mark at exclusive.com.au. That's spelled X-C-L-L-U-S-I-V-E. Um, I'm not sure if we can tag that in somehow. Uh, 100%. Or, that'll go in the show notes. Or um, or reach out to me on phone, 0430 uh, I'm happy to have an initial discussion. Our business is about people reaching out to lots of people. And if someone's uh, has got a, uh, a thought in mind about buying or selling practices, please reach out. Brilliant. Okay. Absolutely love it, Mark. Well, of course, as always, if you're running along the beach while listening to this on your commute into work, I mean, probably not. I don't know. guess it depends where you are <laughs> country but if you whatever if you don't have a pen and paper handy don't worry because we've got links through to mark right in the show notes and on our website at the dealroompodcast.com mark thank you so much for joining us on the show it's just been an absolute pleasure having you um, and talking about all of these issues and insights that i so love to talk about thanks so much joanna for having me on your show 
Well, that's it. The last in our two-part series all about buying and selling accounting practices. I hope you really enjoyed this two-part series. I certainly enjoyed recording it as always. Now, if you want to find more details about Mark Attard at Exclusive Business Hours, all you need to do is head over to our website at www.thedealroompodcast.com. And there, as I said, you'll be able to link straight through to Mark Attard, but you will also be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you're the kind of person who just likes to read through this type of uh, thing in more detail. At the website, you'll also be able to find details of how to contact our legal eagles at Aspect Legal. If you are interested in looking at gearing up for a sale of your accounting practice, or perhaps you're on that path of acquisition, which is such a great idea, growth through acquisition of other accounting practices, you can set up a time um, to have a free discussion with our legal eagles about what it is that you're looking to do so that we can help provide a little bit of direction. Well, that's it for today. I really hope you enjoyed this two-part series with Mark Attard from Exclusive Business Sales. And if indeed you did enjoy what you heard, then I'd encourage you to head over to your favourite podcast player. Firstly, hit subscribe to make sure we're delivered to your phone every week as we release. And maybe you'd be so kind as to leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. The reviews help us reach a wider audience. But other than that, that's it. I just want to say a very big thank you once again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Ladies and gentlemen, conclude this evening's entertainment thanks for listening to the deal room podcast to find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series check out the show notes or head over to our website at the deal room podcast.com.au